Tune in to a special edition of All Andy Offer this Thursday from Doit L. Perry Stadium in Bowling Green, Ohio as we preview the upcoming game for Bowling Green State University, the season opener against Morgan State. You'll hear Andy's thoughts and predictions for the upcoming week in college football as well as what will happen this upcoming Thursday at the Doit. Follow Andy on Twitter at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred and on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred for times and location for this upcoming event. The orange and brown mean a lot to Andy. And this game means a lot to this community as we celebrate 100 years of Bowling Green State University Falcon football. So tune in this Thursday for a special edition of All Andy Alfred, live from the Doit, as Bowling Green takes on Morgan State in the debut for Coach Scott Leffler and his team. The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Bleaker, and Pocket Cast. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen, thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alfred. It is at All Andy Alfred and Facebook.com slash All Andy Alfred. Oh, got a splitting headache. Drank too much. I ate too much. But boy, oh boy, what a weekend! As the GAF, the German American Fest, took over my life in the last three days. We'll talk about that tonight. You'll hear some stories, of course. But, of course, from all that, got a chance to look at some of their sporting events. Of course, the Stein Holding Contest and the Rock Toss was pretty cool to see. But we're not talking about those things tonight. We've got a lot to get discussed this evening. After all, it was the Indians splitting the weekend against Kansas City and Detroit taking losing 2 or 3 to Minnesota. The wall I sign a familiar face, but they still aren't going to make the playoffs next season. The Browns fumble and the Lions are 0 and 3 in preseason. Oh Oh, I can't think of preseason anymore because week zero has begun. Week zero, Andy. What do you mean week zero? College football is back, my friends. And guess what? It's game week. 
for the Bowling Green State University Falcons. We will preview the Morgan State game and so much more tonight on All Andy Alfred. And the Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span of really shut out. Dumbino hit to a home run. Go! Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Two, two, it's time for all and the Alfred. And with that, I say, oh, I love you guys, and welcome in to another edition of All Andy Alford, right here on your exclusive home for me, the Anchor Network, and that is on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be with Apple Music, whether it be with Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, however you're listening to us. Wherever and whenever you're listening to us, thank you so, so very much for tuning into the program tonight. And you can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and on Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. So welcome into the program tonight, coming to you from the studios here in Toledo, Ohio. And we are rocking and rolling our way two days left to go till we head down to Dwight L. Perry Stadium for the beginning of the Scott Leffler run. We will talk about that tonight. We've got the game notes and game preview as well. And you will also hear, exclusively hear, the full press conference from Scott Leffler from his media availability yesterday. At Dwight L. Perry Stadium, you'll hear who he believes and what you think is going to be the starting quarterback as well. Also, we'll dive into uh, week zero of the college football season. We'll dive into some of the key games in the Big Ten, the Mid-American Conference, as well as some of the top 25 games. You will hear my predictions this upcoming Thursday for um, the majority of the games. We will also post it on our Facebook page as well as on Twitter. So you can keep track. And remember, this is for entertainment purposes. This is not meant for making money at all. So we'll get into that later on in the program as well as we'll dive into what's happening on the diamond with the Indians. The Indians splitting the series against Kansas City and as well as Detroit struggling against Minnesota. But we begin today with the preseason in the NFL. And I'm going to tell you, you have to be absolutely stunned as a Lions fan of how terrible we are. You know, I have Buffalo winning the NFC East. And it shows it. It shows it. Absolutely shows it. Buffalo is a better team than Detroit. Hell, the last three weeks, 
Detroit has been beaten by better teams. Houston by seven. By seven. And then being blanked by the Patriots by 27. And again, beaten by four against Buffalo on the dress rehearsal. This week three of the preseason is the dress rehearsal. That's when you see most of the first stringers play the majority of games. And this is this is absolutely terrible. Stafford does not look comfortable in the pocket. He looks absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. And I worry about him with that. If he has no confidence with his offensive line, then we are not going to win football games, my friends. We are not going to win football games. And you can take it up as, oh, you know, it's just a preseason game. He didn't get that many reps. No, he got a lot of reps, my friends. A lot of chances to throw the football. And he connected one time. He got his first touchdown of the season. Of the preseason. Because remember, he has not played a preseason game all year. It's been flawless to start for the last two games. But the Lions did lose Friday night, and it was on national television. That is tells you something, too. When the national feed is picking up Buffalo and Detroit on a Friday night, you better step up to the plate. And they did not step up to the plate. They kept it close late, but that was all third and fourth string guys. They still lose the game to Buffalo 24-20 to on Friday night on national television and now are 0-3 in preseason. Allen did start for Buffalo. He was 3-6 for six for 49 yards, no touchdowns, no interception. Frank Gore had a nice game, 8 carries, 57 yards, no TDs. T.Y. Yeldon, 3 catches, 51 yards, no TDs in the game. Saquon Barkley was playing in the game. He's had... Four, he was 12 for 14 for 142 yards to replace Allen. He had one TD in the game. For Matthew Stafford in the game, he did have a good outing. I will get. I will give him that for his first time out. I will give you that. 12 for 19, 137 yards, one TD, no interceptions. Follies, 3 for 8, 22 yards, no TDs, no interception. Matt Thompson had 8 carries for 34 yards, one TD in the game. C.J. Johnson, 8 carries, 24 yards, no TDs in the game. Uh, Danny Amadola, 3 catches, 30 yards. That's not going to cut it in preseason. I know it's preseason, but like I said, these guys have to be ready for anything. Absolutely anything. T.J. Hoxton, 3 catches, 52 yards, no TDs in the game. The full team stats look like this. Buffalo led in total yards at 350 yards. Detroit had 317 yards of total offense. For Buffalo, 300, excuse me, 203 yards through the air, 147 on the ground. For the Lions, 212 through the air, 
105 yards on the ground. Buffalo did fumble the football twice in the game. Detroit one time. On third down, and here's where I say this is key. On third down, Buffalo was 40% on third down. Shows you that our defense is not ready to shut it down to go make that t- the opposition team go three and out. Or the Bills defense looks fantastic. 15% on third down. Absolutely amazing. The Lions led the possession, though. I'll give them that. 31 minutes and 6 seconds. Buffalo, 28 minutes and 54 seconds. Buffalo did lead the penalties. 12 penalties to 9 for them. So now the Lions will head into the final week for the Battle of the Great Lakes. They'll go into Cleveland. And let's talk about the Browns really quickly. The Browns had the opportunity to win this football game, and they fell short. They absolutely fell short. And I, 2-1 and one in the preseason, I'll take it. You know I will. I will take a 2-1 and one right now. And how good this team is supposed to be. It shows that adversity that they can lose a game, a close game. Mayfield having a terrible outing. 10 for 26, 72 yards, 1 interception, no TDs. Below, 1 carry, 12 yards, no TDs in the game. Kareem Hunt had 5 touches for 11 yards, no TDs in the game. Braxton Miller, the new piece for the Cleveland Browns, and I'll get to Braxton here in just a second. He had 2 catches for 11 yards. Ernest, three catches, 43 yards, no TDs in the game. Higgins, three catches, 18 yards, no TDs in the game. For Tampa Bay in the game, Tampa did look pretty good as they beat the Browns 13-12. to Jameis Winston started the game. He, he was 9 for 14, 88 yards, no TDs, no interception in the game. David Ogabui, seven carries, 22 yards, no TDs in the game. Goodwin, four catches, 52 yards, no TDs in the game. And Hudson, four catches, 49 yards, no TDs in the game. The uh, team stats looks like this. The Browns were just totally decimated by Tampa Bay, and so much so that this the stats are unbelievable. 141 yards total offense for the Browns, 108 through the air, 33 yards on the ground. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Tampa Bay had 265 yards of total offense, 195 through the air, 70 yards on the ground. The Browns' defense is pretty stingy on defense right there. On third down, the Buccaneers are 47% in the game. Tells you the defense is not ready for the Browns. Where the Browns on third down were 14%. Tampa Bay led in the time of possession at 36 minutes and 8 seconds. To the Browns, 23 minutes and 52 seconds. They also led in penalties, 9 penalties, and 8 penalties for Cleveland. So what does this all mean? The Browns are 2-1 and one in preseason. The Lions are 0-3. I'm going to say this bluntly to Lions fans. It's going to be a long year. Settle down. It's going to be a long year. We're not going to win the division. I'm, 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 I'm 
I'm being blatantly obvious to you fans. We are not going to win this division. How good they are at the top with the Bears. How good Green Bay is getting with Aaron Rodgers. And you can't count out Minnesota at the same time too. With Kirk Cousins. The question is, how many wins can this Lions team get? How many can they get? And for me, looking at their schedule, I mean, a couple wins? Really, in all aspects, they can win in Arizona, but then they got to welcome in the Chargers. That's a loss. One in one in three is more liable by the time they get to the bye on October the sixth. But then it just gets harder for them at Green Bay, at home against Minnesota, at home against the Giants. That could be a win. There's two wins. At Oakland to play the Raiders, that's a win. That's three. At Chicago, that's a loss. Dallas comes to Detroit, that's a loss. At Washington, that's a win. At Chicago, at home against Chicago on Thanksgiving, that's a loss. At Minnesota, that's a loss. Tampa Bay comes to town, that's a loss. So three wins. Maybe four if they beat Tampa Bay in week sixteen in week fifteen. I just don't see it. So now I, I pose this question is Patricia on the clock? Because I think he is. This guy who the Fords have brought in. Because of the winning pedigree that he was a part of. Again. The Bill Belichick coaching tree is strong. But Matt Patricia to me equals out to Charlie Weiss. He's not that good. He is not that good. I love what he does for the community. I love the way that you know he can run some of this team. But it's not cutting it anymore, my friends. It really isn't. And as a diehard Lions fan who has sit through the 0-16, that has sit through the Jim Schwartz era, who has sit through the Matt Millen collapse as a GM, the man who has sit here week after week Watching this team just absolutely implode and absolutely be dismantled. Seeing Calvin Johnson leaving this team. I, I just don't see this team doing anything good. It's, it's a damn shame. The Lions are supposed to be good. We are one of the few teams that is in the whole league that has never made it to the Super Bowl. 
We have hosted it twice. I'm part of my language, but goddamn, I would love to see us win it. I'd love to see us have the parade down Woodward with the Lombardi Trophy. I'd love to see it in my lifetime. I want to tell my kids. There's two things I want to tell my kids that I want to see in my lifetime. The Lions winning a Super Bowl and the Blue Jackets winning the Stanley Cup. Two of those things are lifelong dreams that I will just keep on dreaming and keeping it underneath my pillow and praying and wishing that it happened. But maybe we need new leadership between the headsets. Patricia's got a four-year deal. We, He's on year two. The Fords better wake up and tell tell this guy if he doesn't win meaningful football games and he doesn't do what he is supposed to do, then he is going to lose his job! And I'm sorry if you are a Matt Patricia fan. I'm going to do it. If they don't win five games this year, I'm calling for his job. I'm sorry. You've had two years to build this team, and you have not accomplished it. We are 0-3 in preseason. And I will give I will give him the pass a little bit for the fact that he's got a new offensive coordinator since Jim Bob Cooter is gone. But Stafford and this coordinator does not does not want to work. So the Fords are in a limbo with this. In my opinion, they have to win at least five, maybe six games. Go six and ten. I don't see it. Five and eleven, four and twelve. Looks like it's gonna what's gonna be. And in my opinion, he's out the door. He is out the door. On the other side of the lake, it's promising for Cleveland, but here is the thing. If you are jumping on the Cleveland bandwagon, make sure that you are riding with this team through all the turmoil that it will have. You will have Odell Beckham Jr. crying and whining when he is not getting enough playing time. You will have crying and whining with Javarvis Landry. Baker's already crying and whining already. The Browns have two things against them. One is their schedule. But the real one, to me, is... The real one, to me... In all reality, is themselves. They can shoot themselves in the foot really easily. And looking at their schedule, they open with Tennessee. That's a win. They go to New York to play the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's a win. They're 2-0 to start the season. They come home to play the Rams. 
That is the test game for them. If they can win that game against the Rams on Sunday night football on prime time, then my friends, the Browns are legit. They lose the game. They can make it up in the next three. With at Baltimore, at San Francisco, and at home against Seattle. Before they hit the bye. To get them ready to go to Foxborough to play New England. And that is a key move for the Browns. To have the bye. And then go in the the next week after that to play New England. And if you beat New England, you are most certainly know that you are in the top echelon. But to me, I still the the the, the menu is out, the book is out. I don't see them winning in New England. There's two losses. They go to Denver. That's a win. They ha- welcome in the Bills. That's a loss. Buffalo's really good this year. I, I keep telling you this. Do not sit on the Bills. They are for real, folks. At home against Pittsburgh, that's a win. At home against Miami, that's a win. They go to Pittsburgh, that's a win. They're home to play Cincinnati, that's a win. At Arizona, that's a win. Finish up the season at home against Baltimore, that's a loss. And then they win in Cincinnati. They're going to win this division. I, I, that is what it is. The two things that kill them are their schedule because they look at the. You look at the schedule. Miami is down this year. Arizona is down this year because they've got a new quarterback in Kyler Murray. Cincinnati is Cincinnati. You play them twice. Baltimore is Baltimore, and they will give you a little bit of a run with Lavar Jackson. And Pittsburgh, no Antonio Brown. And Big Ben is towards the end of his career. So the division looks pretty easy. It's the rest of the schedule that is difficult. At New England. At home against the Rams. Possibly a a, a trap game in week two against the Jets at in New York on Monday Night Football. Other than that, it'll be interesting. It will be absolutely interesting. Week three of the preseason looked like this. The Giants were a winner 25-23 over the Bungles. Baltimore was a winner 26-15 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Carolina loses to New England 10-3. The Washington Football Club loses to the Atlanta Falcons 19-7. How about this for you? Oakland and Green Bay went to Winnipeg to play an exhibition, the preseason third-week game against each other. Uh, They used the Blue Bomber Stadium. The NFL was not prepared for this game. They played on an 80-yard field, my friends. The goalposts were still intact for CFL football. In CFL football, my friends. Green Bay did not want to start their starters, and that is more than likely the fact that they lost that game 22-21 because Oakland dressed everybody. 
Miami was a winner 22-7 over Jacksonville. Minnesota was a winner 20-9 over the Arizona Cardinals. Chicago getting a 27-17 win over Indianapolis. And then we hear about Andrew Luck. And I'll get to Andrew Luck here in just a second. Because I know you all want to hear my opinion on that. Dallas was a winner over Houston 34 to nothing, blanking the Texans and winning the te- the Heart of Texas Trophy. New Orleans was a winner 28 to 13 over the JETS 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 Jets. San Francisco a 27-17 win over Kansas City. Denver loses to the Rams 10 to 6. Seattle a winner 23 to 15 and Pittsburgh was a winner 18 to 6 over the Tennessee Titans on Sunday night preseason football. So the big news, of course, out of the NFL was Andrew Luck leaving the NFL. And here is my take on that. So my take on Andrew Luck is this. Uh, he announced his retirement on Saturday night after the game against Chicago. And uh, one of the great quarterbacks that we have out there, 29 years of age, uh, decides to hang it up and for me, it was a little bit of a, it was a total shock to me. But after hearing all the injuries and hearing after all what he has gone through in his entire life, I can understand why he wanted to go. You know, football is a game that, you know, is not for the faint of heart. You're going to get hit. You're going to get hurt. And you either have to suck it up. Or and, and play with the injuries, or you're going to have to step aside. And Andrew had enough of the injuries that it finally caught up to him, and he was he didn't want to play anymore because he was in so much pain. And I totally understand that. And um, he is truly a legend. He's not truly Hall of Fame worthy because he's never won a Super Bowl. But you know, as a cult, as a cult outsider, I'll say this: I know somebody that is a Colts fan. He was absolutely devastated to hear about Andrew Luck, but it's understandable that he wanted to step step from the step away from the game because of all his injuries. So we wish Andrew Luck the best of luck for him and uh, for the la- for the last time. I'll go this <laughs> Andrew Luck <laughs> forward passing. <laughs> That's my impersonation of Andrew Luck. But uh, you are listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network. And that is either on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And now let's dive into the diamond before we return back to the gridiron to talk about game week. But let's hit the diamond. The road to 120 continues for the Detroit Tigers. As the road to 120 for the Tigers keeps Rolling along here when we last left you last Tuesday. Of course, I do want, we'll get to why we didn't do a show last week for the recap, for the preview of the weekend in just a second. But uh, the Tigers were in Houston to battle the Houston Texans in a four game series. They lose the series three games to four to the Astros and continue their road to 120 losses. As they lose. They actually picked up a win on Wednesday night, and it was the biggest win in for this season, money wise. I say that because 
the uh, the Tigers were the underdog, the true underdog in the game Wednesday night against the Astros. And two home runs helped them win that game. From Ronnie Rodriguez, his ninth of the season, and John Hicks beating the former ace of the staff, Justin Verlander, and the Houston Astros by a score of 2-1. Buck Farmer does get the win. He goes to 5-4 with a 3.74 ERA. Verlander with the loss. He goes to 15-5 with a 2.77 ERA. Jimenez to save his fourth of the season. It was Coronos. His 14th home run for Houston was the only run provider for the Astros in the game. But Thursday night, the concluding game of the series, Jordan Zimmerman on the hill, and he could not get anything going for the Motor City Kitties as the Tigers fall to the Astros 6-3 and lose three games to four to the Astros. Zimmerman, the loss, he goes to 1-9 with a 6.48 ERA. John Hicks and Nico Goodrum homering in the game. Hicks his 10th, Goodrum his 13th. The winning pitcher for the Astros was Garrett Cole. He's now 15-5 with a 2.75 ERA. Alex Bergman homering his 31st of the season. Ozuna the save, his 30th of the season. So then Detroit headed into Minnesota for players weekend. And rocking some nice jerseys. I give you that much credit. And they came out strong in Minnesota, helping the Tribes cause out. The Tigers did win 9-6 over the Twins. Drew Verhagen, the win, he goes to 4-2 with a 6.31 ERA. Ronnie Rodriguez homering his 10th of the season for the Twins. It was Burroughs on the hill. He got the loss. He goes to 10-7 with a 3.53 ERA. Santo homering twice in the game off of Verhagen, his 24th and 25th of the season. And K Cove homering, excuse me, his 3rd and 4th of the season for the Minnesota Twins. On Saturday, it was Edwin Jackson on the bump for the Detroit Tigers. Struggling again. He can't get anything down the front of the pipe. And when he does put it right down the pipe, Kepler, his 35th. Cano, his 26th. And Cove, again, his 5th of the season. Homering for the Twins as the Tigers fall 8-5. To the Minnesota Twins. Jackson with the loss goes to 3 and 7 with an 8.70 ERA. Joe Luco Homer, the former Toledo Mudhin, his t- second home run of the season. Gibson did get the win for the Minnesota Twins. He's now 12 and 6 with a 4.49 ERA. Rogers to save his 20th of the season. So the concluding game of the series in Minnesota, the Tigers can try their best to win the series and they fall short. And they lose to the Twins and lose 2-3 to Minnesota by a score of 7-4 on Sunday afternoon. Perez, the win, he goes to 9-5 with a 4.53 ERA. The Tigers did not homer off of him, nor in any of the game. It was Josh Boyd on the hill for the Tigers. He is now 6-10 with a 4.47 ERA. Karan, his 21st of the season. And Brandon Scope, his 18th of the season as the Tigers fall to the Twins. 7 to 4 and the Tigers right now the road to 120 are 39 and 89 going into this week's play. On the other side of the lake, the Tribe struggled in the Queens. Mm. 
As they headed over the bridge to Brooklyn. Excuse me, not over to Brooklyn. They headed over to Queens to take on the New York Metropolitans in their seven days in New York. They take three of four from the Yankees, but the Yank split the series against the Yankees, excuse me, and they get swept in Queens by the Mets. And they absolutely look terrible on Tuesday. Last Tuesday against the Mets as they lost 9-2. Shane Bieber on the hill. He loses the game. He's 12-6 with a 3.26 ERA. Uh, Jason Kipnis is his 13th home run of the season, but it was Matt's the win. He goes to 8-7 with a 4.18 ERA. Davis, Rajay Davis, the former Tribe member, his 15th of the season. And Michael Conforto, his 27th of the season as the Mets cruise to a 9-2 win over the Tribe. Wednesday, the Tribe had an opportunity to win that game, and they blew it as they gave it up in the ninth inning. As Brad Hand gives the loss, he goes to 6-4 with a 3.35 ERA as the Mets beat the Tribe 4-3. Avian the win, he goes to 4-0 with a 4.50 ERA. Carlos Santana homering in the game, his 30th of the season. The Mets did not homer in the game. And both teams did not homer in the game on Thursday, the concluding game of the series and the concluding game of the road trip for the Tribe as they lose 2-0 to the New York Metropolitans. Noah Syndergaard, a gem of a ball game, pitching a shutout. He's he gets the win. He's now nine and six with a three point seven one ERA. Savani the loss. He goes to one and three with a one point eight two ERA. Sewell the save. His first of the season. So coming back to Players Weekend, you figure the Tribe would try their best to salvage a win, especially with the trot with the Tigers playing the Twins. They were going to be easy wins. The the Indians had to stay pace with them. And they came out strong on Friday as they opened up a three-game series with the Kansas City Royals. Plesak gets the win. He goes to 7-4 with a 3.40 ERA. Genesis the loss. He goes to 8-12 with a 4.89 ERA. Brad Hand, the save, his 30th of the season. It was Francisco Lindor, or Mr. Smile, homering his 22nd of the season as the Tribe gets a 4-1 win over the Kansas City Royals. They did, did, they did pick up the win also on Saturday as Mike Clevenger pitches a good ball game. He's now 9-2 with a 3.00 ERA. That's the Tribe gets a 4-2 win over the Kansas City Royals. Sparkman, the loss, he goes to 3-9 with a 5.52 ERA. Reyes homering his 30th of the season. A hand, another save for him. He is 31st of the season. We get to Sunday. And Sunday, the Indians had the opportunity to win this game and win the series. They were down the entire game. They were down 7-0. They rallied in the ninth inning to tie the ball game. And a lot of us, including my dad, who is a big Indians fan, believe that this team had something special with that game. It falls apart in the 10th inning. And the Indians take 2 of 3 from the Kansas City Royals by a score of 9 to 8. The Royals a winner, 9 to 8 in the game. Kennedy the win, he goes to 1 and 2 with a 3.75 ERA. Goody the loss, he goes to 3 and 1 with a 2.16 ERA. It was a homer palooza in the game. 
O'Hara in his ninth for Kansas City. Solaire his 36th. Uh, Polonchik his third for the Tribe. Reyes homering twice of the game, his 32nd and 30, 31st and 32nd of the game. And Mr. Smile himself, Francisco Lindor, his 23rd of the season. Uh, the save goes to Lopez, his first of the season. So both the Tigers and Indians were off yesterday, Monday. Today they open up a three-game series against one another in Motown at Comerica Park. So here's what it looks like for the rotation for the series. Cleveland will start uh, Plunko on the hill tonight, 7-10 on Fox Sports Detroit, as well as on Fox Sports Time Ohio. Plunko 5-3 with a 4.54 ERA. Jason uh, Spencer Turnbull on the hill. He is 3-12 with a 4.05 ERA. Again, I say it, they got to get rid of him. He's a terrible pitcher. Can't find the strike zone to save his life. Wednesday, 7-10 start time will be Cervelli. Again, 1-3 with a 1.82 ERA. He'll take on Jordan Zimmerman, who is 1-9 with a 6.48 ERA. 7-10 start time for that one. The concluded game on Thursday sees Mike Clevenger on the hill. 9-2 with a 3.0 ERA. He'll take on Daniel Norris, who is 3-10 with a 4.70 ERA. You can watch all the games on Fox Sports Time Ohio as well as on Fox Sports Detroit. Detroit will then host Minnesota for a four-game series on on Labor Day weekend as well. As Cleveland will then travel to Tampa Bay Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to take on the Rays. So with all that set in mind, here is the updated MLB standings going into tonight's play. Minnesota is on top of the division at 79 and 51 in first place. Cleveland, three and a half games out of first place at 76 and 55. Chicago, 60 and 70, 19 games out of first place. Kansas City, 46 and 85, 33 games out of first place. And like I said, Detroit is 39 and 89, 39 games out of first place. They're not going to catch them. And they're, they are technically mathematically eliminated. From the playoffs. In the American League East, the Yankees still holding strong at first place at 85 and 47. The Rays are 76 and 56, nine games out of first place. Boston, 70 and 62, 15 games out of first place. And we'll get to the wildcard rankings here in just a second. Toronto, 53 and 80, 32 and a half games out of first place. And the Baltimore Orioles are 43 and 88, 41 and a half games out of first place. In the American League West, Houston is 85 and 47 in first place, running away with the division right now. Oakland 74 and 55, nine and a half games out of first place. Texas 64 and 68, 21 games out of first place. The Angels of Anaheim are 63 and 70, 22 and a half games out of first place. Seattle 56 and 75, 28 and a half games out of first place. In the senior circuit, the National League East, Atlanta in front right now, five and a half games up on the Washington Nationals at 80 and 53. Those same Nats are 73 and 57, five and a half games out of first place. Philadelphia 67 and 62, 11 games out of first place. Andy Mars's Mets are are 67 and 63, 11 and a half games out of first place. And the Miami Marlins are 47 and 82, 31 games out of first place. In the Amer- National League West, the Dodgers still holding strong. They're going to win the division here in the next few weeks, I think. 
The Dodgers 86 and 46 in first place. San Francisco is at even 500 at 65 and 65. Arizona 65 and 66, 20 and a half games out of first place. San Diego is 60 and 69, 24 and a half games out of first place. And the Rockies are 59 and 73, 27 games out of first place. The National League Central is still an open table for three teams. St. Louis is in first place right now at 71 and 58. The Cubs are 69 and 61, two and a half games out of first place. And the Brew Crew are 67 and 63, four and a half games out of first place. And, and the Cardinals and the Brewers are playing against each other in a three-game series starting tonight. Cincinnati, nine games under 500 at 60 and 69, 11 games out of first place. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are 55 and 75, 16 and a half games out of first place. The wild card standings look like this at the playoffs started today. The top seed in the national in the American League right now would be the Houston Astros at 85 and 47. The Yankees are 85 and 47 as well too, but the Astros lead in that division. The Central is 79 leading that is the Minnesota Twins at 79 and 51. The wild card teams look like this. The Indians would be hosting the wild card game at 76 and 55. They would be playing the Tampa Bay Racers 76 and 56. Half game out of a wild card spot are the Oakland Athletics at 74 and 55. Boston is now 70 and 62, six games out of a wild card spot. I don't see it happening. I really don't unless Oakland and Tampa start to fall off. I think it I think Boston's done for. I really do. Texas 64 and 68, 12 games out of a wild card spot. The Angels 63 and 70, 13 and a half out of a wild card spot. The Chicago White Sox are 60 and 70, 15 games out of a wild card spot. Uh, the, after Oakland and Boston, I don't see any other team making the wild card race. I really don't. So those are the t- the teams to watch out for in the National League. The Dodgers will be the top seed overall. Atlanta will be the number two seed and St. Louis would be the number three seed if the playoffs started today. The wild card race looks like this. The Nationals would be the home team for the play-in game. The Nationals are 73-57, and 57, four games up in the wild card standings. The Cubs are 69-61 and 61 in holding the second wild card position. And here is the wild, wild west of the wild card for you. Philadelphia is on the outside looking at 67-62, and 62, a game and a half out of a wild card spot. Milwaukee is 67 and 63, two games out of a wild card spot. Same with the Mets, they are 67 and 63, two games out of a wild card spot. How about this one for you? An even 500 team in the San Francisco Giants at 65 and 65 are four games out of a wild card spot. A team under 500 in the Arizona Diamondbacks are 65 and 66, four and a half games out of a wild card spot. I'll say this one more team. The Cincinnati Reds, 61 and 69. Eight games out of a wild card spot. Just throwing that out there for you. So, it, between the Mets, the Brewers, and the, and the Phillies, and technically you could throw the, the Giants and the, and, and the Diamondbacks in there. I mean, it is a five-team race with only one spot that is really up for grabs. It'll be interesting to see going down the stretch how it's going to happen. It really will be. And we'll see. 
And I also want to do this as well, too. I want to congratulate the Louisiana team from the Little League World Series on winning in Williamsport. Congratulations to them. Keep up the good work. And it's so great to see the baseball in and kids are still playing baseball and how the community and and how this nation still supports Little League World Series. As you're listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening to us, thank you for tuning into the program. We're going to take care of some news and notes from the ice before we hit the gridiron here in just a second. So we'll get to your NHL and hockey news notes here in just a second, of course. And a couple of news notes to pass along to you in the NHL. It looks like it, unfortunately, the Carolina Hurricanes top pro, one of the Carolina Hurricanes prospects in um, that helped the Charlotte Checkers win the Calder Cup. Um, their prospect Mathos is going to be undergoing cancer treatment. He is a forward out of the Charlotte Checkers. Salino Mathos, a forest prospect for the Carolina Hurricanes, is completing treatment for testicular cancer and will not participate in training camp next month. The 20-year-old is expected to return to full health and resume training for the 2019-2020 season when treatment is completed and he receives the clearance. He was diagnosed in June, two days after helping Charlotte's AHL affiliate, the the Charlotte Checkers, win the Calder Cup. He, also, he had surgery to remove one testicle and completed multiple courses of chemotherapy over the last two months. He like he had this is to say, I'd like to thank everyone who reached out to offer support and well wishes since the diagnosis. I have the amazing support of my friends, family, teammates, coach, and all hockey organizations I've been a part of, including the Hurricanes, the Checkers, and the Brandon Wheat Kings. So our thoughts and prayers are with Mathos. Also, got to pass along this to you. Um, I know one guy in particular would like to hear this. Of course, Connor McDavid looks like he's going to be back before working hard to get his re- his knee ready to go. Um, and he could be eyeing training camp to start to be back in an oiler uniform. He got injured at the season finale on April 6th for, for Edmonton. So uh, he's progressing very, very well is what we're hearing. So it's going to be interesting to say. It'll be very, very interesting to see how that happens. That They also released the the NHL, also released the logo for the 2020 All-Star Game. Looks pretty nifty. It'll be January 24th through the 26th in St. Louis, Missouri. Let's see how that's going to pan out of course we're keeping on the blue jacket tracker of course for you guys and we do have some news to pass along with regarding that uh there's a report coming out of uh one of the one of the reports coming out of tsn looks like zach Rinsky might be signing a deal before like we were talking before it's signing a deal with the jackets before training camp hits and it looks to be a three-year deal which would help the Jackets out in recruiting some more top-tier talent. i like to see that happen for the team. I would like to see them get the deal done beforehand, but we shall see what happens. It all comes down as well. 
And uh, preseason is just around the corner. We're less than a month and a half away from the uh, start of preseason. Probably about a month away from preseason actually really starting up and fully taking into full effect. As uh, you're listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network. And also got to pass this along to uh, the Toledo Walleye signed a uh, player uh, last week. The big name signing, of course, the veteran leadership is T.J. Hensick. He is coming back with the fish. Uh, Hensick played at Michigan. Had the opportunity to call a couple of his games with uh, the one and only Everett Fitzhugh and Chris Kerdan. Uh, when they played Michigan, had a fantastic time with with those both those gentlemen. And this kid is actually legit of a hockey player. And um, it, it, it will be interesting to see how he performs going forward as one of the veteran leadership roles that he will be carrying. As, like I said, you're listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, and that is either on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the program. And now, the moment you have all been waiting for. All right, my friends, cue the band. It is officially game week for the Bowling Green St. University Falcons as BGSU gets ready for the new era in sports and in the football program as a new coach will lead the brown and orange on the field this upcoming Thursday as Scott Leffler and crew headed into the door to reclaim the glory in this, the 100th season of Bowling Green State University football. It will be interesting to see how this team will develop coming out of a hard training camp. But it all leads up to Thursday against Morgan State, my friends. Oh, yes, and cue the van to take off the field right there. Morgan State got the news and notes. Of course, we are going to be there this upcoming Thursday for opening night of BGSU's game against Morgan State. We've got the credentials. We've got the press press passes here. We've got the press the press, pa- the press, uh, press releases, and we're ready to go for this game. And uh, we're going to break the game down, of course, preview the game here in just a little bit. You'll also hear from Scott Leffler from his ma- uh, uh, media availability and where you can listen to the whole press conference of court, courtesy of the Bowling Green State University Falcon media department. You'll hear that here in just a second, but I uh, want to get over some of the game notes to pass along to you for you tonight. Bowling Green, in their 14 seasons, in the last 14 seasons, are 12-2 in their home openers at Doit L. Perry Stadium all the time. The program as a whole is 28-9-2 all time in home season openers. That tells you something right there. It has been a span of 24 years that the Bowling Green State University Falcon football team has not lost a season opener at home. The last time it has been done, 1995. 
Uh, 37 is the amount of freshmen on the roster. The seventh most in the country. And another number for you right here. Scott Leffler and Tyrone Wheatley were teammates for two seasons at Michigan. How about that? And here's another one. Scott Leffler is also going to be the seventh man to coach Bowling Green since the 2013 MAC championship game. Uh, some pass, news to pass along with the Morgan State team. Uh, t- like I said, Tyron Whitley, this is his first coaching job. Swimming with Scott Leffler. So both guys were teammates at Michigan. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they're going to do it, uh, how they're going to do and how their offense, both teams are going to be, aren't showing that much of a hand. It's kind of like a game of poker. You don't know what you're going to see in front of them. But we do have some team players that are returning for Morgan State, of course. Joshua Chase, he had 127 carries for 514 yards last year. He had three TDs. He averaged a yards per carry, uh, four yards per carry, and he gained 57.1 yards per game. Um, it was DeAndre Harris had 80 catches for 150 uh, at 155 yards, uh, 80 catches. Excuse me. 155 yard, 155 yards, for a total of 947 yards a game. He averages about 51.6 percent. He has five touchdowns, seven interceptions, as a passing leader on the receiving core, massing. And he's the quarterback. He has eighty. He has completed eighty pat eighty of one hundred and fifty five for nine hundred forty seven yards. My apologies. He's a fifty one point six percent quarterback. Five TDs, seven interceptions. In the game receiving is Maslin Bailey. He has caught the ball twenty four times for four hundred twenty five yards with the Morgan State Bears. He has four TDs. He has over seventeen point seven per seventeen point seven yards per catch. He averages about 38.6 yards a game for Morgan State. For Bowling Green, there were some of the returning stat leaders. Of course, Andrew Clare, the number one running back for us. 135 carries for 702 yards, 5 TDs in his career with Bowling Green State University. 5 carries, 5 yards per carry. He averages about 63.8 yards per game. Uh, Grant Lloyd coming back for Bowling Green State University. He has seven. He has seven. He's seven for twelve, 180 yards, five fifty-eight point three percent at the quarterback helm. Two TDs, one INT in the game. But Quentin Morris is one of my favorite guys out there. He has forty-two. He has caught the ball forty-two times for five hundred sixteen yards, seven TDs. He averages about forty-three yards per game. He averages every catch twelve point three yards. So he's a guy to look out for. When it comes to the first, the first, um, uh, first down capabilities for Bowling Green for you right there. BG is set to open its 101st season in program history Thursday night. Of course, it's so awesome. Like I mentioned before, made the coaching debuts of both Scott Leffler and Tyrone Whitley. Um, the matchup looks like this. Um, Leffler was a quarter. You'll hear you'll hear Scott Leffler's comment about. Uh, Tyrone here in just a second, but Bowling Green went three and nine a year ago, while Morgan State finishes last year with a record of four and seven. The Falcons have won 
just nine games in the past three years since their third consecutive MAC championship games, winning it twice from 2013 to 2015. Seven is the magic number. When Scott Leffler takes the field to lead Bowling Green against Morgan State, he will be the seventh individual to coach a game for the Bowling Green State University Falcons since the 2013 MAC championship games. Three three held interim titles in that time frame. The na- nationally, BGSU is the only program to have seven different individual coaches a game since 2013. Only the Houston Cougars have been the six have had six different people coach a game in that time frame. Tells you something right there. Uh, coaching nuggets for you right here. Bowling Green's head coaches are the extremely successful at their first games coaching at Doit L. Perry Stadium. Bowling Green coaches are 9-1 all-time in their first game at Doit L. Perry Stadium. This goes back to Bob Gibson, who began the second season at BGSU when Doit L. Perry Stadium opened in 1966. Uh, looking at some other ones, of course, some notes. Um the captains look like this. It will be senior Jack Kramer and David Kowalski have been named the two team captains for Bowling Green State University. Kramer is projected to be the starting center for BGSU. He has played 30 games in his career and started all 12 a year ago. Kowalski started tw- all 24 games during his 2016-17 season before the Achilles injury, injury kept him out last year. He returned for a six-year eligibility this up coming season. So here is some stats from last year for Bowling Green to, versus Morgan State. Points per game, Bowling Green averaged about 24.3% a game. Morgan State, 18.7. The first down ratio, Bowling Green 19 first downs to Morgan State 17. Um, looking at some of the rushing, 116, 117 to 165. Uh, passing, 239 to 150. So a total offense of 355 to 314. Um, One other note I wanted to pass along to you guys, of course, here. Little nugget here, right here. Like I said before, Bowling Green has 37 true freshmen and 10 redshirt freshmen on the 2019 roster. With just over 44% of the roster maintaining freshman eligibility, Bowling Green is the 23rd youngest team in the country. Bowling Green is also one of nine teams in the country who will not face an opponent coming off of a bye week. That tells you something right there. Oh, and pass this along as well, too. Bowling Green's 37 true freshmen are the seven most in the nation. Nebraska leads the way with 47, followed by UCLA and Alabama with 43 each. Among Mid-America Conference schools, Bowling Green leads the way, followed by Akron, with 36. And like I said, Bowling Green is one of nine teams in the country who will not face an opponent coming off of a bye week. Bowling Green and Eastern Michigan are the only MAC schools that will have a favorable schedule in the country. Georgia Tech, Tulsa, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, Old Dominion, BYU, and New Mexico State are the older seven. Notre Dame plays a NCAA high seven teams, including Bowling Green, coming off of, off of bye weeks. No other school in the country will play more than five such games. And the schedule for Bowling Green looks like this. Um, 
after tonight, after tomorrow's game, of course, the Bowling Green Falcons will then head to Manhattan to play Kansas State. They will then return back home on September 14th to play Louisiana Tech. That's an ESPN Plus game. And then they will travel to Kent State the 21st of September for Ford making their way to Notre Dame Stadium to see the see the Irish and battle the Irish at Notre Dame Stadium. Looking forward to that game right there before returning back home October the 12th for the big weekend, the family weekend, and the rivalry weekend as Bowling Green battles the school up north, the University of Toledo. Then they will continue the homestand with Central Michigan. They will hit the road then to play Western Michigan before the weekday games begin. They will head at home against Akron before hitting the road November 13th against Miami. At home to finish the season, the homestand, home season against Ohio on the 19th. And then one, 10 days later, they will go to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bulls. Looking at the schedule, the the Falcons are 21.5-point favorites coming this upcoming Thursday against Morgan City. I think they'll win this game. I think Leffler will get his first win at the Doit. It'd be good to see that happen because it's going to be chaotic after that. They go to Louis, They go to Kansas State. That's a loss. That's, that's They're 1-1. One one. They come back home to play Louisiana Tech. That's a win. They go to Kent State. Kent State is medium of the pack. It could be a win. It could be a loss. I think it's going to be a win. They go to Notre Dame. That's a loss. They come back to to home to play Toledo. And that game right now for me is still a toss-up. Bowling Green can win this football game. And they can also lose this football game. But I think this team is ready and built for Toledo. I really do. I truly, truly do. Then after that game, they will head. They will play Central Michigan. That's a loss. Play at Western. That is a loss. They come back home to play Akron. That's a win. They go to Miami. That's a win. They play Ohio, who is the outright front runner in the MAC to win the whole, whole the whole damn thing. I think that's a loss. They go to Buffalo. I think that is a loss. So. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, so six losses. One, two, three, four, five, six wins. Six and six to start your career at Bowling Green. I take that in a heartbeat. I absolutely would take that in a heartbeat. And uh, I don't have any negative to Scott Leffler yet. Um, we'll see how it all shakes out come Thursday. And like I said before, all Andy Offer will be at Doit L. Perry Stadium for the college football opener for the Bowling Green State University Falcons. BG taking on Morgan State 7 o'clock kickoff. Tickets are still available by visiting bgsufalcons.com or by go- going to Ticketmaster or heading down to the Stroh Center box office. You can also watch the game. It will be on ESPN3. 
And you can also listen to it on the Falcon Radio Network with the flagship coverage at 99.1 FM. Of course, Todd Walker at play-by-play, Josh Gibson on the analysis, and my good friend Kevin Peel on the sidelines. This past Monday, uh, Scott Leffler met with the media to talk about Morgan State and to talk about what he sees out of his team this upcoming season. So right now, you're home to listen to the full press conference for Scott Leff- for the new coach at Bowling Green State University, Scott Leffler, right here on All AD Offer. This is media courtesy of the Bowling Green Athletic Department. To um, begin by thanking everyone here for coming. Uh, we're an excited football team here, and uh, our players and our staff has put in a tremendous amount of work over these last nine months. But before I uh, jump into uh, Morgan State, uh, we definitely need to uh, recognize Kevin Tolbert. I think Kevin Tolbert, and along with his strength staff, has done a ridiculous job with our football team. The improvements that our team have made uh, with their strength and conditioning has been outrageous. Uh, we had guys in the program that were doing four reps of 185 when we walked in the door, and those guys now are doing 19, 20 reps of 225. Uh, Kevin's done a phenomenal job. Uh, as you guys, as many of you guys have been to our practices, it's been a tough, rugged, physical, intense training camp. And to say that uh, we walked out completely healthy is a complete 100% uh, tribute to our strength and conditioning program and Danny Coppice, who does our, uh, who's our trainer. So they've done a great job, and uh, we were able to walk out of training camp healthy. We made tra- uh, tremendous uh, uh, strides this training camp. I think on both sides of the ball, on offense and in defense, we made huge uh, leaps and bounds. And on uh, in our special teams game, I think we've also improved. We're extremely young right now. We're extremely thin right now. But we made a massive amount of improvements, and we want to continue to make those improvements uh, into the season. With that being said, any questions? Um. After doing this for so long, um, you know, it's the, uh, I, I, yeah, I would say that I'm excited. I'm excited every single, t- every single time that you have an opportunity to go out and compete. But uh, to say that uh, being a head coach or being an offensive coordinator, position coach, um, it's uh, business as usual. Yeah, complimentary football is uh, going to be a mantra in, in our program. We want to make sure that the defense complements the offense, the offense complements the defense, and the special teams have got to be elite. That's, uh, that's how we're going to play. Uh, for our offense to go on three and out and put our defense on the field for 90-some-odd plays, it's really hard to be a good defense. So we need to make sure that, uh, that we're doing a great job of playing into each other's strengths, using the kicking game to our advantage, and playing true team football. So that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to play, as everyone would say, complimentary football. Still don't have a starting quarterback listed. Does that make you nervous four days out, not having a, knowing who, exactly who your guy is, or do you know who your guy is? We've got an idea, but uh, it doesn't uh, give us any advantage whatsoever to mention a starting quarterback right now. Are you still waiting on the, the McDonald situation, or are you guys? You know what, we're worrying about what we can control within this building, and uh, that's what we're going to do. Coach, looking back at fall camp, did it live up to your expectations? Did you feel how you expected it to go? 
we made uh, leaps and bounds. Uh, we've really improved a ton. Uh, would I want to be where we're going to be in the future? Of course I would rather be. But to say uh, that our kids didn't improve, and my hat's off to our kids. Uh, we put our kids through. They, they've all said it. That was the toughest, roughest, tough, intense training camp that they've ever been a part of. And for them to be able to endure and being able to day in and day out try to give the effort that they did, my hat's off to them. They made great improvement, but we got to continue that on a daily basis here. It can't be a once-in-a-while thing. It's got to be an everyday thing, and uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to exit into this season, and every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sundays that we practice, we're going to go 1,000 miles an hour, and we're going to be as competitive as we possibly can and improve every single day. Well, the thing that uh, I was most attractive about Bowling Green was that we've got great tradition here. And uh, Dave Clawson, Urban Meyer, and my wife, because they've all been here, they said, uh, you're not going to love this place. You're going you're gonna to absolutely, it's going to be your favorite job that you've ever been a part of. It's because of the people. And uh, the thing that I can say out in our community is that we're going to do, we're never going to be perfect, but we're going to do the best job that we possibly can to be a first-class organization, both on and off the field. And we want to make sure that uh, we give back to our community. This is a great place. This is a wonderful place. And uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be a football player. It's an honor to be a coach here. And it's our job to make sure that we give back to the community because they deserve it. We have this question every year, too. What do you think about Thursday night? Excited about that national audience? I'm excited. We are. I'm excited to let our kids finally go out and play against someone else besides Bowling Green. <laughs> so... Uh, it's, I always look at the, the, the game day as the kids' day. I get, I get Sunday, our, our staff gets Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's our days. But uh, Saturdays is their days. We want them to go out. We want them to be intense. We want them to go and be locked in. Uh, but we want to make sure that, uh, that uh, we give everything on the field, but we're not walking into uptight. We, you know, the thing that uh, a lot of young players do is they're going to walk into that first-time arena and they're going to be uptight, and we, we don't want to be that way. We, we want to cut it loose and do the best job we possibly can do on Thursday night. Between your staff and the other staff, about half the coaches in this game have played tight in Michigan. It seems a little ironic that that so many familiar faces would be your first It's weird. It's beyond weird, to say the least. Uh, I've known Tyrone since I was 16 years old. I've known Derek Alexander since I was 17 years old. Will Carr and I came in in the same class thrown a lot of balls to Derek Alexander. I've handed the ball off a lot to Tyrone Wheatley. They're great men. Um, that staff will do a great job turning that program around. A lot of the same values, a lot of the same things that we're doing here, they're doing there. I can promise you that. And uh, he'll get that job turned around, and he'll do a great job there. They're tremendous people. They're great players, great people, great coaches. They've got great families. And uh, my my, I want, I want to see them win every single game except one, except uh, this Thursday. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, just like I said, whenever I uh, went to Michigan, I was going to be, uh, after I got hurt, I told Coach Carr that I was going to be an attorney. I was going to go get my law degree and my business degree at the same time. They had a four-year program there and no interest whatsoever to be in coaching. The next thing I know, when I'm in my mid-20s, I'm coaching the quarterback, so it's kind of ironic. So, But to say that all these Michigan guys that were on the Michigan staff or that are on our staff, 
along with Tyrone, along with Derek, and along with uh, Will Carr, from, if I ever guessed that we were going to be spending a Thursday night in Bowling Green, Ohio, against each other, I would have never said that that would happen. Seems like the final scrimmage of this last day is going to be a little tougher. So what do you need to see Thursday to kind of give you confidence or some encouragement that you're going to reach that seems like We need to handle the no-talent issues. And what are the no-talent issues? We need to play really, really hard. We need to play hard regardless if the momentum's with us or against us. I think that is going to be absolutely critical. Two, we want to avoid the, the, uh, the pre-snap penalties as much as possible. There will be some. There always are. We watched uh, uh, the Florida-Miami game, and you know, there's still 18, 22-year-old kids out there. But uh, we want to handle the no-talent. We want to play really hard. We want to know what to do. We want to play together and handle all those things that talent, uh, that, that talent doesn't mean anything. So we want to make sure that we do a great job of handling the no-talent issues, playing hard, no missed assignments, play together, and do our jobs. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I know what he knows, and I know where he's been. Um, I would assume it's going to be tough. I would assume they want to try to run the football, and they want to play action pass. Uh, he's uh, had a lot of great mentors. He's a smart guy. He's been in a lot of uh, pro uh, situations and coached a lot of great players. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. That's the, the weird thing about uh, um, playing in your first game with two new staffs is there's so many unknowns. I look at their, their depth charts. There's guys that, uh, that we didn't project even being there that are there. So uh, we're going to have to make, they're going to have to make, we're going to have to make game day adjustments. And it's the team that protects the football the best, uh, the team that uh, uh, creates explosions, stops explosions, is going to be the team that's going to win the game. So you just heard Scott Leffler give his uh, media availability this past Monday at the uh, pregame press conference for Morgan State. We will have every press conference for you right here on All Andy Alfred as you are listening to the program tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you listen to the podcast, wherever and whenever you listen to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, you heard it from him himself. He's looking forward to battling with his what what his one friend from Michigan, and you heard him say that he was never going to be the position he wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see the dynamics. And like I said, both guys have not showed like their hand. Uh, we don't know truly who is the starting quarterback for Bowling Green State University. Stick to all Andy Alford on our Twitter account as well as on our Facebook account for updates on that. But we did have some college football games this past weekend as it was technically week zero in the college football world. As we had two games that had uh, one game in particular, a top 25 ranking, of course. The 8th-ranked Florida Gators getting a 24-20 win over the Miami Hurricanes in Orlando. Uh, Hawaii was a winner, 45-38 over Arizona. Excuse me, over Arizona, my apologies. So here is the slate. We have some of the games upcoming with it being the Labor Day weekend. We have a slate of games going forward. So here we go. We're going to start with the Mid-American Conference first and foremost. Uh, and start Thursday, of course. Uh, Central Michigan will be battling Albany. Robert Morris will travel into Buffalo to take on the Bulls. 
Kent State goes all the way out to Tempe to battle the Arizona State Sun Devils. And like I mentioned before, Morgan State will head into Bowling Green to take on the Bowling Green State University Falcons. Bowling Green a 21.5 point favorite going into that game. Saturday looks like this. It is going to be Toledo traveling to Kentucky. Uh, it will also be in uh, Ball State traveling to Indianapolis to battle the Indiana Hoosiers. That game is going to be taking place at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, the uh, Rhode Island will be headed into Ohio. Eastern Michigan goes to Coastal Carolina. Uh, Illinois State battles NIU. Monmouth travels to West Western Michigan, the Kalamazoo. And Miami of Ohio actually goes all the way out to Ames to battle the Iowa, 20th-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. And like I mentioned before, I forgot to mention Akron travels to Illinois to battle the Fighting Illini. Uh, the Big Ten schedule looks like this. It'll start Thursday night as San Diego State travels into Minnesota to take on the Golden Gophers. Four games on the docket Friday sees 18th-ranked Michigan State travel at home against Tulsa. 19th-ranked Wisconsin goes into USF in South Florida to battle each other out. UMass will battle Rutgers, and Purdue will travel out to Nevada. Saturday sees the fifth-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes and Josh Field taking on Florida International University. South Alabama will travel to Nebraska to battle the 24th-ranked Cornhuskers. Howard will travel to Maryland. 15th-ranked Penn State hosts Idaho. The 24th-ranked Northwestern Wildcats will travel all the way out to California to battle the Stanford Cardinals. And Michigan, 7th-ranked, will take on Middle Tennessee. The top 25 looks like this. Florida A&M will battle UCF on Thursday. Georgia Tech battles number 1-ranked Clemson. Texas State will tell will battle it out in Aggie country uh, against the 12th-ranked Texas A&M. 14th-ranked Utah will head into BYU to take on the Brigham Young University. Bulldogs, Saturday, the second-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide, Alabama, will take on the Duke Blue Devils. Dino Babers and the Syracuse Orange will head into Liberty to take on uh, the Liberty the Liberty Eagles. Syracuse 22nd rank of the country. The third ranked Georgia Bulldogs will head into Vanderbilt to take on the the take on Vandy, excuse me. Sixth ranked LSU will take on Georgia Southern. This is the big game of the night, of course. The eleventh ranked Oregon Ducks will battle the Auburn Tigers that game at Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. That is the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Sunday, Houston will travel to Oklahoma to take on the Oklahoma Sooners, and Monday sees the Notre Dame Fighting Irish battling the Louisville Cardinals. So it'll be interesting to see how college football and how it all shakes out. You'll hear my predictions for the games this upcoming Thursday for a special, like I said before, a special edition of All Andy Alford as we head down to Doy L. Perry Stadium for the opener for the Bowling Green State University Falcons and Scott Leffler. We will be doing the show in Bowling Green, of course, like I mentioned before, uh, we will have the podcast. It will be a simulcast between the podcast and our Facebook Live. We'll also do a Facebook Live from inside the stadium for opening night ceremonies. It is technically Community Day. But like I said before, tickets still available. Get your tickets for this game. This is the debut for Scott Leffler. Tickets by going to bgsufalcons.com or going to uh going to the ticket office 
or also calling on the phone. I believe it is eight six six go BGSU, and uh, as well as going to the ticket office at the Stroh Center. As you are listening to all Andy offer tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Podcast. And so many more platforms. However you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening to us, thank you for tuning in. And it is now time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants tonight. And, of course, I want to say thank you to all of you for listening into the podcast tonight. And um, uh, I truly, truly appreciate it. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts every Tuesday and Friday now, especially if you hit the subscribe button Tuesday and Friday, we do podcasts every week. And if you haven't, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Alfred. We'll be doing a simulcast every Friday for Falcon Fridays as we get you set up for the college football weekend. Of course, we'll be doing it this Thursday because of the opener for Bowling Green. Looking forward to that, of course, as... Um, we head down to Bowling Green for this special evening for the opener and the debut for Scott Leffler and his team. It's time now for Andy Rants. And tonight I wanted to share my thoughts on this past weekend. It has been one of the best weekends in, 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 in my opinion, the best weekend ever in Northwest Ohio. Sure, the Marathon Classic is a fantastic event for sports, ensure that opening day for Mud Hens baseball as well. But nothing brings a community together than a great festival. And a great festival did take place this past weekend in Oregon, Ohio, and that was the German American Festival. I want to thank everyone that came out to this beautiful festival. We had a fantastic weekend weather wise, it was gorgeous. The people came out in droves. Over 38,000 people came through the turnstiles this past weekend at Oak Shade Grove in Oregon, Ohio. Over over 900 kegs of beer were sold this past weekend. Most of the food was sold out by by Saturday night and Sunday. Um, most of the product was gone Saturday night into Sunday as well, too. They sold out of the Warsteiner Oktoberfest as well as the Fest beer that was made by Ernest Brew Works. Um, I know we were selling most of our sausages that were running very, very low of on Sunday compared to what it was Saturday. Um, you saw, I saw so many amount of people that I haven't seen in forever. Um, of course, I saw my old broadcast partner, Nick the Money Man DeVera, who, by the way, he is doing his podcast. He did his podcast yesterday. Go take a listen to it. We'll throw a link to his podcast for his NFL preview edition. You can compare and contrast when it comes to that. But I digress. Um, The interesting thing is you see people that you haven't seen in forever. And they come up to you and um, they startle you a little bit. And... It's interesting to see that you know they're doing well, even though they don't want you to be a part of their life anymore. So, you know, I wish them, wish that person, uh, good health and good wellness to them. Um, but it's so nice to see the community come out and support this, and a lot of the, and the ton of the pro, and the majority of the proceeds from going to the turnstile will help 
There's sort of Bavarian culture as well as scholarships and so much more for the German American society as, as a whole itself. So, again, I want to thank you for that. Uh, some of the stories to pass along to you, uh, I posted on our Facebook page. If you have a story to pass along to you, not that many people responded to that. Um, I will share a couple of stories from this past weekend that I will share. Um, the opportunity to listen to some great music and um, got the chance to hear the song Who Stole the Kishka um, from uh, Sly and the Fox from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Got to give them give them a shout out. If you li- ever listen to them, they are fantastic. They're jamming Germans. They're Sly and the Fox and the Magic Fox. Fantastic group to listen to. And if you want to get some good German polka music, they are totally, totally worth it. The food was absolutely fantastic, of course. I've eaten so much uh, sausage and sauerkraut and potato. You know, today I had to actually go out and get a salad and have uh, lunch. Try to process the system to get it back into working order, of course, because we got football this upcoming weekend. Um, So, It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out as well. Um, but uh, stories to pass along, of course, seeing people argue, that's pretty funny to watch. Um, I had a shocking incident, of course, that I saw take place uh, between me and my girlfriend, but I, do, I don't want to get into that. Um, other than that, um, if you have never come out to the German American Festival, book the dates for next year. We'll share those dates when they announce it. Um, we did get some news today from the German American Fest. Besides the what has happened, um, the festival grounds chairperson Hans uh, passed away yet this morning. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family, and uh, it's kind of sad to say that you know he saw the final his is the festival come to fruition and he finally but he passed away the day after the festival um our like i said our thoughts and prayers are with the german american society as well as on uh, his family as well so our thoughts and prayers are with you hans and your family as well but like i said uh the german american fest is one of the top tier festivals out there um definitely Definitely, if you are in the area next year, come and and bring a guest and come to the fest. And I also want to thank Julie and Derek, as well as Ray and Hope, for giving us the opportunity to volunteer at the Ironworth Stand 1 on Saturday and Sunday. Um, We met a lot of interesting people and had a great time. uh, I'm truly blessed to have great friends and and, and, a, and a loving fiance that that puts up with most of my stuff, I tell you that much, and um, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for my GAF stuff, um, and that's pretty much it for Andy Rants tonight, and that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for all Andy offered tonight on this Tuesday evening, of course. We will be back with you Thursday for a special edition of All Andy Alford as we will be coming to you from Bowling Green State University for the Bowling Green State University Falcon football opener against Morgan State. Uh, stick to All Andy Alford on our Twitter account to find out where we're going to be located at for the for the podcast as well as where we're going to be doing the live stream on Facebook 
and uh, we will be in attendance at the game, looking forward to it, and uh, so much more. So uh, until I talk to you guys on Thursday, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams that you root for at home, and to my teams, come on, Lions. Can we beat the Browns? I doubt it. How about them Browns? The race to 120. Go get them, Tigers. Come on, Indians. Get the windy and fever. Go Jackets. And go Falcons. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday from Joint L. Perry Stadium in Bowling Green, Ohio. Love you. Talk to you guys then. Follow Andy on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. And on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network. Powered by Anchor.